Here we go. In the crease, baby. There we go. <laughs> Gotta have some meat in, right? <laughs> I like it. All right. So let's get started here. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Stenstrom, and this is In the Crease, a coast-to-coast -coast discussion of D2 lacrosse. Alongside me is my partner, Danny Moran. Hey, Danny, how you doing tonight? Kevin, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. So this is our first episode, and we're going to try to kick things off. So why don't we start with just introducing ourselves. If you want, I can go first. Sure. Just give a, I, I, uh, I live in, uh, in Northern Virginia. Um, I have a son that plays D2 lacrosse right now. Um, I actually, my, my, uh, my time uh, and uh, background with lacrosse starts really back uh, growing up in, in my hometown of Longmeadow, Massachusetts. We had a state, uh, state champion team in my high school, Longmeadow Lancers, go Lancers. Um, and that's where it kind of all started. I, I way back when I did not play, I never played lacrosse and I'm not a, I've never coached lacrosse. Uh, but I have known the sport for a long time. Interestingly, I really didn't get back into it until, uh, our son started playing around fifth grade. And that's where it just really grew until finally, you know, he, he, when he was in high school, he knew he wanted to play college lacrosse and ended up going to a D2 school. That's where I met Danny, his, his son, and my son got to play a couple of years. And now Danny's son is actually coaching my son a little bit. Um, and uh, so we've been talking D2 lacrosse for what, about three years now, right, Danny? And, and having good conversations. And uh, so it's, it's kind of grown for there. So that's kind of a little bit about my, about my background. How about you, Danny? Okay, my background is that I played absolutely no lacrosse uh, in my life. <laughs> Uh, where I grew up was basically football and basketball. And I was a football basketball kid, but we moved to Long Island 20 years ago when the kids were small, maybe 22 years ago now. And, you know, on Long Island, lacrosse is king. And uh, there's kids everywhere with a stick. And my kids, of course, had to play with the other kids. And, and it just grew from there. Um, they both played travel lacrosse at a relatively young age and played high school lacrosse and, and did well, and and both of my older sons, I have three boys, uh, played D two lacrosse, and uh, and since then I, I've been completely in love with the D two game. I just love the game of lacrosse. Again, I didn't play it, but I've been around it now for the last twenty two years, and I've seen a lot of top level lacrosse, even at a young age here on Long Island. So. And yeah, then, I, I would I would assume there in, in Long Island, it's kind of like where I grew up, you know, when spring is coming because the lacrosse sticks come out, right? Well, in Long Island, it's probably year round now. You see yeah. kids sticks, you know, maybe some of the football kids throw down the stick a little bit during football season. But on Long Island, it, it's a year round thing now with these with these kids and these yeah. youth programs, and even the high school programs, some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, so we, you've been around it a lot. I've been around a lot. And I think, you know, if we just dive right in, I mean, I think the reason why we kind of came to this thought of having a, a podcast is, you know, in my opinion, I don't think D2 is getting the love and respect it deserves, you know, that most of the coverage, obviously, obviously it's going to go to D1, totally understand that, but it really, 
it really kind of then drops to D3. In fact, when my son was in high school, everyone talked D1, D3, uh, coaches and everything, and never really talked about D2. And, and, and I think that's a shame because when my son was being recruited and he was mainly recruited D2 and D3, um, high level, top 20 teams in, in both divisions, um, you know, I started watching some D2 games and there is just really quality, damn good lacrosse in D2. And that's kind of why we're dedicated to bring the D2, D2 to the conversation. And, and let's talk about their competitive lacrosse. Uh, you know, D2 lacrosse, I mean, uh, you know, 15, 10 years ago, when I really knew nothing about D2 lacrosse, I, I learned a lot about it. And you're right. There are some phenomenal lacrosse that's being played at the D2 level. You know, the upper echelon teams, you have, you know, your LeMoynes. Um, you know, you had Mary Mack for a long time, who's now at the D1 level. And, you know, then you have your Tampas and your Limestones and your Mercyhurst. And these teams, are they play elite lacrosse at, yeah. at the D2 level. And not only that, these teams and these coaches are finding ways to recruit D1 caliber students and players to come down to these, you know, smaller level schools and, and play top notch lacrosse. Yeah. And so, and I, I, you know, obviously uh, coming into it and, and seeing the talents that come in that was already there at, um, at the school, my son's at, and, and, and the, uh, and the kids that have come in afterwards. I mean, it's just, like you said, it's a talent. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they're, they're grabbing that talent? Like it is because some of these kids are definitely D one caliber players, you know? Well, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to describe. I think, I think one of the main things is, is D two is able to stack um, scholarships. They can give both academic and athletic. Whereas, in the division one, it's basically one or the other. It's either going yeah. to be an academic scholarship or a athletic scholarship. Whereas D3 finds you aid, but you don't really get athletic scholarships right. at the degree level. So the, the, the being able to stack both athletic and academic scholarships is very attractive to families, you know. Uh, the cost of a college education is not cheap, as you well know. Oh, yeah. So, so every every little bit helps. And then, you know, again, you know, these D2 schools are starting to reach out. They're, they're, the, the game is growing and they're reaching kids from Canada and California and Florida. And the game is just growing at the D2 level. It leaps and bounds. Yeah, and I think, I think for... Um kids high school kids looking to play uh college lacrosse right i mean let's face it i mean there's there's the top level d1 and d1 is just not everyone can play d1 and and the and the bottom line is even if you you can make a d1 team that doesn't mean you're going to get on the field and you have other options like d2 um and what we're going to get into is talking about the quality options right and and uh and really kind of show uh, what D2 brings to the table. And I, and I think, I think for today, for this first episode, maybe we just go through and, and go down the, the conferences and just kind of talk about through the teams. Obviously we're near the end of the lacrosse season. We're starting to get into the championship tournament time and then the NCAA tournament. So the conference tournament time, some have already happened. 
and several are right in the midst of what they're going to do. So what do you think about just going down the list and uh, kind of running through those conferences, talking about the teams and, and, and what they've done? Great idea. Great All right, idea. so I'll just I'll just start going through them for you. Let's let's start on the other coast. We're you and I are on the East Coast, so let's like we say this is coast to coast. Um, D two is all the way across. They're 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 not on the total West Coast, but they're they do have a they do they're out there in Utah, right? So Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, URMAC, which the URMAC, yeah. yeah. Small amount of teams, but some quality teams like Colorado Mesa, uh, Westminster starting to come on, um, CSU Pueblo and Adam State. So, I mean, obviously Adam State, lower level right now, but um, CSU, I mean, Colorado Mesa is one of the schools that I had my son look at. Something Uh different, you know, and and they are have been they've always been um, kind of in that top 20 conversation uh, of D2 teams. Yeah, when you think about the West Coast, you don't think about lacrosse, do you? You know, yeah. you know, it's mostly a north kind of northeast kind of game, but you know they're growing them out there on the West Coast, and and then the RMAC is doing a good job of of recruiting decent players out there, and it's it's going to grow. I mean, Colorado Mesa, they're a pretty good squad. I watched them against the Mount Olive game, and they gave them every bit of a game that yep. you could. Imagine in Mount Olive, you know, they're a top 10 team. So, and for have, to have a game, you know, a team from out West like that come to the East coast and play so well, that's, that's, that's kudos to the guys out in the Armac who are doing a good job of uh, really getting kids to come out, out there and play and play quality lacrosse. Yeah. And I think it's only, uh, it's only going to grow out there. Right. So they're going to get, they're going to get more talent um, across all, all those teams, teams in the RMAC. I would not be surprised to see more uh, teams joining the RMAC as they grow their, their lacrosse programs out there. Um, their conference tournament is coming up. It's seven to eight May. So that's when their, their conference tournament's coming up. So uh, let's, let's start shifting. We'll start heading a little more East. Um, to a conference that, um, to be honest, always seems to have some, you know, several, uh, and this year's no, no different, the um, Great Lakes Valley Conference, GLVC. You know, the teams in that one are UND, Lindenwood, Rockhurst, Maryville, Lewis, Davenport, and Quincy. You know, so they're not a small, I mean, they're a little bit larger than the RMAC, but, you know, you look at teams like, you know, in the Indy, Lindenwood, even Rockhurst, Maryville, they, they all are competitive against each other. It seems like they, they swap, they swap games. They swap wins a lot. Um, any thoughts? There are good squads out there. They're, they're good. There's no doubt about it. They're a, a, another, another conference that's drawing kids out that way and getting kids to play and, and playing quality ball. I mean, I remember you and Indy going down to Wingate a couple of years ago and beating Wingate. And Wingate was ranked like 14th in the country at the time. So you Indy's been putting teams out for a few years now. And, and they're new too. They they've been around what five, great. six years, four or five years, something like that. I mean, to, to jump right in there and, and have a quality program is is great. Great to you see. Know, that says a lot about the coaching staff, you know, yep. and recruiting and what they're doing out there. And again, a, a team like Rockhurst is coming, you know, here they are. They're putting on the uh, gas a little bit, playing some lacrosse out there. And, and Lindenwood, they're getting a lot of athletes 
to come to Lindenwood. That school is just putting out good teams in the women's teams and the men's teams, all, you know, all the way around. They're getting good athletes to come out there. So that, that those three schools right there, you know, are, <laughs> they're yeah. playing. Well, it's, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause I, I did watch the, the Indianapolis Lindenwood game uh, last week and, you know, that was a, that was a great game to watch. That's, that's was good quality lacrosse. And, you know, Lindenwood at the time was ranked higher, had the better record. You thought that, you know, they were, they were the one that was, you know, technically on paper supposed to win and you Indy came back and they, they show what they're made of and, and won that game. Yeah, I caught the caught the tail end of that game, and um, you know, you Indy, that was a fight for them. There was a fight that that game was a fight, but you know what? It, it was a good game, and like, a, here we go again. We're talking about good lacrosse being played, you know, and uh, and this is out west uh, on these schools that maybe a lot of people haven't heard about yet. Yeah, like, and they should. I mean, uh, I I watched uh, Rockhurst, Maryville, another good game. I mean, they're just. I haven't. I, to be honest, I, I I haven't seen Davenport and Quincy play yet. Um, you know that, but you know that it's a, it's a quality conference, and they are always going to be competitive, if, even if they come across the, and hit the teams in the south or the north. They can put up a good competition. So absolutely, absolutely, I agree, one hundred percent. So let's let's move to the to the GMAC, the Great Midwest Athletic Conference. So this one has names that some of them you already talked about, right? Mercyhurst, Seton Hill, Walsh, Lake Erie, who you know usually is a, a top twenty team. Not, they're not this year, but they are always they always have a quality program. Davis and Elkins, Alderson, Broadus, and Wheeling. And Wheeling for years had a good team, and they're a little down on their luck this year. But you know they've had they put up quality teams. Yeah, that, that conference is pretty good, man, between Seton Hill, Mercyhurst. And Mercyhurst is a very, very good squad, um, solid all the way around. Big boys, they play top-notch lacrosse. They move the ball well. They play defense. They have good goalie play. Seton Hill, great attack unit, very fast, very quick, sharp shooters all over the field. They, they get after it, Seton Hill, you know, that that the, that. Those two teams right there in that in that conference are really playing solid ball and have for the past five, six, seven years. They've been yeah. right mix every year. Those two squads. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, certainly a conference that's always in the mix. You know, with several teams, and 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 always will be. I think you know. Um, we'll head a little bit south. This is a this is actually a new conference this year. Uh, the Peach Belt Conference. Uh, yeah. Only four teams in a right now with Montevallo, Lander, Alabama, Huntsville, and, and Shorter. Um, and they're, they're playing their – they're starting their conference tournament um, actually this Wednesday, 28 April. Uh, interestingly, I read today – it was kind of interesting. I mean, you saw when it comes out as far as what their uh, tournament was going to be. But, you know, Montevallo was on top, but then they had a tie between Lander and Alabama, Huntsville. And it came down to – because they both lost to Montevallo, they 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 played each other neutral, you know, each one a game, and then they they both beat shorter. It came down to goal differential, who was going to get the the second seed. So, I'll tell you, I mean, it's it's competitive. Yes, it is. It is, and these kids fight hard in their practices in these games, and it means a lot to them. Even though this is a relatively new conference with some some teams that maybe 
are some players away from getting good yet. You know what? But beautiful schools and beautiful areas, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's something to think about if you're a young guy thinking about division two lacrosse. Yeah. Playing warm weather. And, 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 (laughs) and playing and playing. Yeah. And not sitting, like you said, you know, going to one and, and maybe sitting one, two, or maybe three years before you really get your, your chance to shine. But you know, the peach belt is, you know, that's, again, it's competitive between those guys. And it's good to see the game grow with a new conference. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I look forward to, to seeing that, uh, you know, strengthen even more that, that conference. Okay, now let's move on to the uh, Central Atlantic Collegiate Conference, the CAC. Um, also one that has, you know, teams in it that, that, that probably most lacrosse uh, folks or fans would know about, right? Uh, Chestnut Hill, uh, sure. Georgian Court, um, Wilmington, a fairly new program as, as well as Felician. And then you've got Caldwell, Dominican, and Post. Yeah. Well, you know, look at Georgian, Georgian Court at seven and two and Chestnut Hill sitting at six and two. You got yep. two. Two, you know, squads balling out in that conference right now, you know. Caldwell, you know, they're, they're you know, a little bit less than a 500 team right now. But, again, they're another squad, perhaps two or three players away from, from stepping, taking that next step. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I got to watch Wilmington against Felician, and it wasn't uh, as close a game as I thought it was going to be because they were fairly, they were tied in the conference standings at the time. Um, but Wilmington had some quality, quality players that really, really showed up, you know, and they, they balled out that day to, to, to unfortunately put the hurt on Felician, but, um, it was, I mean, once again, these are growing, these are schools that are new programs. Felician's a new program as well. Um, and it, it may take them some time, but it's great to see. Oh, definitely. No doubt. All right. So now the, Probably the big daddy of them all. We'll go to it now before we head farther south. Uh, uh, the Northeast 10, NE10, you know, where perennial powerhouse Merrimack came from. Yes, um, sir. You obviously have Lemoyne in there. You have St. Anselm, both of them undefeated right now. Adelphi, who's been probably the standard bearer for D2 lacrosse. And then you've got other, other great schools like Pace, Bentley, uh, Saint, Southern New Hampshire, Franklin Pierce. St. Michael's, Assumption, St. Rose, and American International. So a large, large conference with a, with a lot of quality teams. And they're all playing in the tournament, I think, as well. Yeah. Think. And so that's, that's good that, you know, that all teams get a chance to play in their tournament. And, you know, like, you, like they say, any given Sunday, you never right. know. All bounces your way. You can come up with a win. You get a call late in the game. It might be something, a big check or whatever. But, you know, you got St. Anselm sitting at the top and they're undefeated. But I have to be honest, they haven't played Adelphi or Pace or some of the other teams. Or Lemoyne, right. Or Lemoyne. So I think I the guess, tournament's going to – Their true colors might come out in the tournament. You know what? I'm looking forward to seeing what St. Anselm can do. Lemoyne. Let's talk about Lemoyne. What's to say? You know, studs all over the field. Uh, yeah. uh, great coaching. Um, 
another team that moves the ball well, you know, aggressive on defense, good goalie play. They've been, you know, they've been one and two for a reason because they get they get quality lacrosse up there at Lemoyne. They do a great job, the Dolphins, year in and year out. Year out. You know, and there's a reason why they're at number one. Yeah, they're without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, that's uh, it, I'm actually looking forward to watching that. That uh, actually, I'm hoping to catch a lot of these tournaments, if not uh, live, but watch them, uh, you know, in in on demand if I can, if they if they have that. But this will be interesting, especially as you see what what St. Anselm does once in their bracket uh, against some others once once they hit the the, the teams they haven't played because it looks like if you look at the <laughs> schedule and I've been following, it looks like they split them up, right? So. You got to remember Adelphi's in there too. Oh yeah, and there's another squad. And Bentley's been playing some pretty solid lacrosse. Yeah, you know, I watched them the other night last week, and uh, they looked very good. They looked very good. Their man up was really good. But um, that's an interesting. Then you got Pace. You know, Pace is another top ten team perennially, and. Um, Maybe had a little struggles this year with their with their with their schedule, but I don't count them out either at, at tournament time either. So that that any ten has always been a great conference, produced really good lacrosse players. They get kids from the Northeast, basically, uh, you know, New Hampshire, you know, uh, Long Island kids, up upstate New York yeah. kids. So they do they do a really good job in, in that in that conference and. I'm going to be looking forward to watching some of the games. Yeah, during- and obviously, interestingly, for their conference, most of the other conferences, their tournaments, their conference tournament is a couple days, right? When you've got 11 teams playing, they're starting on the 28th, and they'll finish on the 8th of uh, 28th of April, and they'll finish on the 8th of May. They need all that time to get get through the bracket, which is great. That's but again, just- it's great that all the teams get to be in the tournament. Yeah. I think that I think that's great. Yeah. Another uh, D2, folks. You know, you get these conferences that have these tournaments that are highly competitive and and these kids live and die for this for this time. And uh, for some of the seniors, it may be the last time they step on a field. Right. Right. So so believe you me, they they care and they go out and they play and they're hungry and they go out like dogs and they go out and fight, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. So a couple more conferences to get through. Um, next one, just talk about East Coast Conference, ECC, with uh, Mercy, Frostburg State, Robert Wesleyan, Malloy, and St. Thomas Aquinas. Now, you know, you know, interestingly, Frostburg State, as you probably know, used to be a D3 team, a good D3 team, a top 20 D3 team, and then they switched to D2, and they're carrying that right over uh, playing good lacrosse. What, what do you think about this conference? Oh, you know, um, that's another, those two teams right there have been playing quality, quality lacrosse all year. Um, so here we go again, you know, each conference is got their teams that, that play pretty well. Mercy upset Mercyhurst a couple of weeks ago. Right. It was a great game. And then Seton Hill beat Mercy. So Mercy's sitting on that one loss, but they're a solid squad, solid squad, and they got a chance to make make some noise maybe in the NCAA if, if things go their way. Right, so, I, I'd agree. I mean, I, I when I watched them against Mercyhurst, um, 
you know, I, I was just impressed with their defense. Um, the really team defense, the way they played and, and, and they, they, you know, it was a close game against Mercyhurst, but they, 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 they just played great team defense in my opinion. That was a good game. They were vocal. They had good slide packages. They were doubling quick. And, um, and it was just, you know, they were getting those ground balls and those, those 50 fifties coming up into mercy's into mercy's cross. Yeah, uh, there you go. They were able to score at opportune times too, Mercy. Right. They were they they were able to put the ball in the net at, at opportune times. So I was pretty impressed with Mercy. And like I said, um, I believe that they have a good shot at making the tournament this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that to the very end, I think. But I think you're right. I think they they have they have a shot. So now let's now we're starting to move a little more farther south. Um, a pretty well-known conference, I think, uh, Conference Carolinas. Uh-oh. You know, Mount Olive, Belmont Abbey, North Greenville, Barton, Emmanuel, Lee's McRae, and and Chowan. Um, once again, I, I, you know, real realistically, you know, at four or five of those teams. Are, are just tough competition all the time. Obviously with Mount Olive and Belmont Abbey at top, but if you look at what North Greenville did this year, absolutely, you know, uh, they, they scared me every time. Like you never knew, you know, they, they, they can beat a, a top 10 team and, but and then they had their struggles down there, but we better watch, you had to watch out for them and they're coming. They're, they're coming the next few years. Oh, North Greenville is definitely an up and coming squad. I mean, if you watch them, play against limestone they gave limestone everything that they could handle no doubt um mount olive is a, is a solid squad year in and year out yeah. coach murph, coach murph does a great job down there in mount olive north carolina and they he put squads out there he's got a couple all americans on defense over there he's another one that does a good job of getting recruits and 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 playing quality lacrosse he's a top top 10 perennial every year with with Mount Olive and then you have Belmont Abbey you know Belmont Abbey started off with that with that tough loss to Catawba in the beginning of the year and and that kind of was a stinger for them and and but they've been playing solid lacrosse ever since that was a tough game against Limestone a few weeks ago but Again, that's a but, but but look at the I mean look at once again we talked about it right so Belmont Abbey plays uh, Mount Olive near the end of the regular season um, just I think prior to the limestone game maybe and if they won that game against Mount Olive they were the number one seed right and they lost they lost at home to Mount Olive you right. know can outcome tournament time what happens they come back they come back and they beat them in the conference championship so that'll just tell you the. Um, the competitiveness, you know, in these conferences and Conference Carolinas is just is one of them. Oh, absolutely. That, that's a solid conference, solid conference again, you know, and it's south where it's warm and they're getting these kids from up north to come down there. Kids yeah. from Virginia and kids from Long Island and kids from Jersey and Pennsylvania now are looking at those schools from the south and saying, mm, Mom, it's warm down there. That's right. And I, I, you know, and I can play on a good squad, you know, that that's got a chance for a conference championship year in and year out. Yep. Very attractive to these it kids. It is. It is. Uh, so uh, moving on, we got two more to get to. Uh, Sunshine State, you know, Sunshine State Conference with Tampa, Lynn, Rollins, St. Leo, Florida Tech, Florida Southern, and Palm Beach Atlantic. 
a quality quality another quality conference right um obviously tampa always up there near the top but st leo went to the 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 finals a couple years ago two years ago yeah my oldest was the st leo go lions there you go um yeah you know some some of the teams um they they they've they've peaked and valleyed in the last three or four years they've had a good year and then they kind of had a low year and a good year and a low year but that's another conference that's starting to put it together and they're growing that that's another growing right. you know that that conference didn't even exist like this 5 years ago right right yeah and and you know you look at uh Lynn and Rollins and even Florida Tech and Florida Southern like you know Florida Tech and Florida Southern not having winning seasons this year but I'll tell you um I I've seen them in past years you know just be you know put 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 the brakes on other teams right i mean just play balls out and and so i i anytime you know I, i'd worry about playing those teams you can't, you yeah. can't treat them lightly lynn is one of those squads yeah. lynn yeah they're one scrappy you know you they could scrap one out you know they fight for ground balls they're you know they're a good squad and i i remember some of the some of the better teams that, you know, and, and them playing well and, and, and beating a, a ranked Wingate one year. And then just a couple of weeks ago, Tampa and Lynn was a one goal game. Right. I mean, Lynn, Lynn gave them everything that they could handle, you know? Yep. So that's, that's another conference with some really good lacrosse being played. Yeah. And so school in Florida. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you look, I mean, that would be my worry. Palm Beach Atlantic. Would I be on the beach or would I be playing practicing lacrosse? Right. That's where the discipline comes in. My friend. <laughs> That's right. All right. <laughs> Last conference, uh, uh, not the least, uh, South Atlantic, the SAC. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Lenore Rhine, Wingate, Queens, Limestone, Newberry, Catawba, Tusculum, Coker, Anderson, Mars Hill, and Lincoln Memorial. Another big conference, kind of like the NE10. Yes, Very big, big but in my opinion, they're stacked there. You know, you obviously know Lenore Ryan, you know, Wingate Queens and limestone, but you can't hide, you know, anymore with Newberry there and Anderson first year coming out of the gates. And they, were five, and, they went five and oh, yeah. Coming out this year, their, you know, their first year in the conference five and oh, that's awesome. Yep. And then, you know, if you look at even like Coker, Coker against Wingate, Wingate, you know, they, they put a game against Wingate. They lost by about four or five goals, but it, it was, a, it felt a lot closer than that. Coker, Catawba, they're both very good lacrosse schools. They play good lacrosse. They might be one, two players away from being right there in that conference, but that's a tough conference now. You know, yeah, with, when, when you've got teams like Lenore, I mean, all, and with Limestone joining it this year. So now you've got Limestone in there with Lenore, Ryan, Queens and, and, and Wingate, you know, probably the I would consider the 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 top four as far as talent uh, in the in the the depth of talent, I should say, uh, in in the conference right now. And but to me, it's a crapshoot with those four. You know, they they're going to they're going to be tough tough games all the way through yeah that's a tough conference i don't care what team you're on which team you root for which team you're going to play that week you're going to play a game you know it's 
you're you're going to be involved in and and a physical. It's a physical conference too. Uh, the, yeah. the boys after it. Um, it's another conference that's that's drawing those Northeast Division One type players to come down and and play Division Two lacrosse. Yes. A lot of them do a great job at it. Limestone Limestone's been a perennial powerhouse for the past 10, 12 years. Exactly. I mean, obviously they, they probably have been the uh, standard bearer for the South region. Um, uh, without a doubt. Um, they, I think they'll always be in, in the, in the mix there. I just think that's, you know, you get that ball rolling like that. I mean, it creates uh, automatic recruiting, right. Um, which is, is the name of the game. So, um, and, and so speaking of that, um, uh, Danny, you want to roll in and just talk about the, where the NCAA has the, um, the ones under consideration for the tournament right now? Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, do you have the list in front of you? I do. I do. So just let's go uh, down one at a time, we'll go down the, what, what you think might be going on. We'll talk about it. So interestingly, just, just so everyone knows that that ends up listening to the, this podcast, right? We're, we're doing this uh, with the first seating wasn't really a seating. They kind of called it under consideration for the North region, the South region, probably by the time this podcast airs, they will have come out with their second grouping, right? So they've had since then, they've had the, the conference tournaments for uh, conference Carolinas where Belmont Abbey won. They had the uh, conference tournament for SAC where Lenore Ryan won. Right. Uh, before that, Wingate was ranked higher than Lenore Rhine. And now Lenore Rhine in the Usilla poll is higher than Wingate, which you would expect, expect right? You'd, you'd, you're going to see that that flip. But um, let's let's start with the north. Um, I'll, I'll go through, just give a list of the of the teams that are in consideration, at least for this first round. And why don't you give me your thoughts on, you know, which ones you think will stay in, which ones you think will go out and just some overall thoughts. So. We have in there right now, and this is by alphabetical order, not by uh, any kind of seating. So it's Adelphi, Chestnut Hill, Lemoyne, Mercy, Mercyhurst, Seton Hill, and St. Anselm. So what do you think, Danny? Okay. What does your crystal uh, ball tell you? Okay. I'll, I'll give you the two right off the bat that are definitely going to go. It's going to be Lemoyne and Mercyhurst. Those two will definitely be in the NCAA tournament. Um, just if you look at the body of work, I mean, Lemoyne is a couple of games behind the Mercyhurst game as far as games played in the season, but they're a shoe in to get, to get into the tournament. Um, I believe Mercyhurst is one of the better teams in the country. I've seen them play a couple of times, three, four times this year, and I don't see many holes in their game, even with that loss to Mercy. I just don't see many holes in their game. And I just think it's going to be, I think they're going to be in the mix for sure on selection Sunday. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you with those two. Um, I, uh, I think the interesting ones are, you know, Adelphi, let's look at Adelphi, Chestnut Hill, and I'll even throw St. Anselm's in there because I'm not sure St. I think, St. Anselm's will be, uh, you know, it'll be an evolution based on the, the, the term as it goes through the next few weeks and to see where they really stand out. I right, think their downside is that they're also in the NE10 with some of those other teams like Adelphi and, and Lemoyne. 
they, they have dirt. Like I said, they're undefeated at 10 and 0. That's nothing to sneeze at. No. I don't care what your what conference you're in. They're 10 and 0. But we do have to be honest, and they haven't played a top 10 team. And when the NCAA starts looking at quality wins and quality losses, it's top three wins. Did you win in a top five win? Did you have a top 10 win? What's your quality loss? You know, which type of team, the, the, your strength of schedule, your RPI rank. I think St. Anselm might be on the bubble at the end. Let's see what happens during the uh, the conference tournament there. Yeah. When they, when they have to play some, maybe a, a Lemoyne or a, uh, you know, one of them. I, I agree. So, so what do you think? Um, what do you think uh, Seton Hill's chances are, or or Chestnut Hill, or Adelphi? Uh, you know, uh, Seton Hill, I think has a really legitimate shot. They they played a, a pretty pretty tough schedule. Um, they're putting up points. You know, they they have a lot of uh, their attack units real good, man. They're they're real good, and I see them getting a bid uh, just just based on their strength of schedule and I, I i see them being in it but things could change yeah yeah we'll see we'll see you know we'll see uh i i don't uh yeah we'll see how the the tournaments go and see the conference tournaments and see where they end up uh so i mean i time will tell it'll be interesting to see this next one comes out you um you want to talk a little bit about the south yeah, let's talk about the Okay, South. here we go. So the ones that are under consideration right now, Colorado Mesa, Lenore Rhine, Limestone, Lindenwood, Mount Olive, Tampa, and Wingate. So who <sighs> let me ask you this. Who do you think is uh who do you think is on the bubble of those those teams? All, only five get in. So who do you think are may may drop out based on what's happened over the past week? I'm going to say that Colorado Mesa is probably the one that's, you know, on the bubble uh, there. I, I would say that they're the ones that need a little help getting in. And um, like I said, they're, they're a good squad. And, and they came in, they gave Mount Olive a game. They came, they traveled to the East coast, but I, at, at this point, their, their body of work and what they've done, I think they're on the bubble right now, Colorado Mesa. Yeah. Let's, uh, uh... I tend to agree. I mean, obviously COVID has changed a lot of things as far as travel and what teams can do, which is, which is a darn shame. And, and hopefully next year, you know, as we get back to the, the new normal, I'm not sure we'll ever be a totally normal, but you know, maybe, you know, they can get those teams out, especially out, out in the West can get a little more travel, a little more quality play against other teams besides what they, they can do in their conference. Right. Cause I think that's, what's been the limiting factor this year a little bit. So. What about what do you think about uh, Limestone or Tampa? Well, let, let's talk about Tampa. Let's talk about Tampa. They've been ranked two all year, number two all year. Um, at this juncture, they've only played six games. Um, their body of work as of right now hasn't matched up with some of the other teams, if you ask me. Uh, I don't sit on the committee. I don't get a vote. Um, they don't care really what my uh, opinion is. But if I looked at their body of work, strength of schedule, et cetera, um, no top five wins, no top 10 wins, one top 20 win. They struggled 
a little bit against Rollins. They won the game, but they struggled. And again, Lynn that we discussed about before, Lynn gave them a, a game. It was a one-goal game. And that game could have gone either way. Tampa did not play their best that night. So when you think about they only have six games right now under their belt, no top, you know, only one top 20, only one quality real win in the Lynn game, their body of work doesn't match. It, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, what the- I, I, I think, I just think psychologically, and I'm once again, you're right. I'm, I'm just a passionate D2 lacrosse dad. I'm not in the committee, but I, I see them with the, 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 the donut at the, in the loss column and the history of Tampa. I, I think it's tough uh not to keep at least especially for maybe this next this next round i think it's tough to to not keep them in i think i I do agree with you i mean i think even teams like limestone have played a tougher schedule but limestone now has has four losses right right so now also has has played a tougher schedule yeah and and be interesting that does does belmont abbey come into the play or or do they have you know because they lost to katab i think I think Mount Olive still has a, has a shot. I believe that Mount Olive really does have a shot. I, I do. I do. And I just think that their body of work is higher than some of the other teams. I think it's better than Limestone's body of work. I think their body of work is better than Colorado Mesa's body of work at this juncture. Um, but... I don't know if Tampa has matched up with any of those teams, a body of work. I mean, some of these teams have played 13 games. Right. And, and again, Tampa's sitting on six games. They're supposed to play this week. I know that there's been some protocol issues in the Sunshine State Conference. A lot of the games have been postponed and whatnot. I don't know what they're doing as far as trying to make up those games, but I would – it's going to be interesting to see what the yeah. committee. Yep. That- uh, you know, in, in my mind, I think Lenore Ryan and Wingate are, are shoe ins uh, right now. Um, they have to be one and two. Yeah. And, uh, and just so lastly, what do you think about Lindenwood? Do you think they're lost to you, Indy? Uh, do you think you, Indy, comes in? Oof. No, I, I, I don't know. I, the way I see it, I, the way I see it, I see Lenore Ryan and Wingate shoe shoe ins. I think that Mount Olive has a real good shot, and the other two, it's a crapshoot in the South right now because yeah. there's some quads. Yeah, and it's difficult to see what the, the committee says in regards to Tampa and their body of work. It's, it's we'll see let's see what happens in a yeah week. I, i'll be i'm excited to see what happens tomorrow when it comes out and then i'm even more excited to, the, to see the finals because i think on both sides the north and the south right it's going to be a great ncaa tournament it's just oh. it's going to be great games well just think about it these kids you know with the with with covid last year and getting their season canceled and then coming back this year and being under COVID protocol, I'm sure school has been quite different for these kids right. this year. Um, not you, you know, not the same with the social distancing and and the traveling and whatnot. So once you get to this to this point, you're going to see a lot of hungry teams get after it. I mean, yeah. all of these squads, all of those squads 
are worthy of getting, you know, consideration. And right. Right. I agree. So uh, I guess with that, Danny, um, I think we can close it out uh, for this, this first episode. Um, hey, this it's been great. a ton of fun talking D2 lacrosse with you in the crease. Same here, Betty. Same here, man. It's been a lot of fun. And um, I'm looking forward to the next one. We'll have a lot more to talk about next time. It yeah. went by fast, didn't it? I did. In fact, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, we got to shut up a little bit more for our for the, anyone who listens, right? <laughs> I'll let you talk more and I'll, I'll shut up. How's that? Oh, it was great. It was perfect. It was perfect. And uh, D2 lacrosse, again, it, it's in my heart. Uh, my youngest son is going to be playing D2 and and, and it's, it's a great thing. It really is. And And what we just did tonight is even a greater thing. Now we're going to try to get it out there to the people who, who don't know much about D2 lacrosse. Yeah, and uh, more to come. We, we'll have newer segments uh, as, we, as we move forward and, 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 and keep this going. Um, Absolutely. So it's been great, Danny. Thanks for, thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, my pleasure. In the crease. We'll see you next week. All right. <laughs>